With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? Long time no see. Doing good. Uh, yeah, was not on yesterday's show, but excited to be back and a uh, lot to talk about. Absolutely. But first, if you have not gone and checked it out, we did our first ever MLB Daily Extra Content. An additional podcast came out today talking about some more in-depth trade deadline stuff with a special guest, Graham Wallace from Belly Up Sports, our Blue Jays beat writer over on the website. So definitely give it a listen. He had a lot of great ideas, great insight, some hot takes to fire up. And I certainly enjoyed talking with him. Certainly. Uh, well, uh, our first topic is uh, some news that broke earlier today. And that is that the Cleveland Indians will no longer go by that name. Uh, following the 2021 season, they have completely switched and rebranded to the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, LJ, when we had Tom 
Matheny on our show, we talked about uh, the Indians changing their name and what some potential names were that they could be. He, he threw in Spiders as probably the top choice because it does have a lot of history with the franchise. But uh, yeah, what do we think about the Cleveland Guardians? It's so freaking stupid. I genuine, I have genuine ire for this name change and this decision. Frankly, I hope we get something, some way, somehow, like what happened with the uh, New York Islanders years ago. Of course, they get such a adverse reaction to their name, their logo change, the one that ended up looking like the Morton's Fisherman, that the league gave them special permission to change all of their branding back in the middle of the season because people hated it so much. It's, I'm sorry, it's stupid. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I was never really a fan of the Washington Redskins changing their name. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of this because that must mean that the Atlanta Braves are next. And there's so many more. Notre Dame know, Fighting Irish. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to go, if you want to go there, but I mean, the Utah Utes, the Florida State Seminoles, I mean, there's literal colleges that have those names in them, uh, and I don't see them changing their name anytime soon, so. No, and all right, so overall, I think my issues with this can be summed up in multiple different ways. First off, the naming itself, the imagery itself. I'm not sure if you saw this, Brandon, but it's the name is based entirely off of these statues on a bridge. The Guardians of Traffic in Cleveland. First off, I, I saw somebody say this earlier, 100% agree. There's no traffic in Cleveland. Come on. The only, the no, only traffic there, in Cleveland. There's probably some. There's, the only traffic in Cleveland is on the outbound highway lane. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, from, uh, from there. The logo is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It basically, like, if you're going to go with that type of logo, is Guardians the best way to go? Like, they tried to build the bridge, but it looked more like something out of, like, a Greek mythology thing, like a Hermes shoes or Meineke or whatever that – what's the one with the shoes with the wings on it? Oh, uh, I can't think of it, but – But, yeah, that's no, – it's, it's, it's bad all around. Yeah, and then I go over to the only part that I kind of like. I flip-flopped on this a little bit, the font. It's kind of wacky, which you can't really take the team that seriously with, but I couldn't take the team seriously anyways. But I don't know. I just it, – it rubs me the wrong way, the whole thing. I don't think it's the best choice that they could have done for imagery, representation, and more actually representation is more of an issue here than anything because in the quest to become this super PC culture and change all these names, get all this racism out of sports, you're now completely disaffirming a culture as validly honored. Granted, Redskins, if it offends people, I'm I'm 100% okay with it. If it offends the actual people that it's supposed to be offending, I'm okay with that name change. However, it's not that all Native American sports mascots are bad. In fact, there are a lot of ways that you can do a lot of good. 
because there's a lot of rich history of natives in North America that you can tap into. That's something Florida State has done a great job of. Florida State all along has been very much in contact with the, the local Sem Seminole tribe, which they are named after. They do a lot of work with them. And overall, they help not only, not only do they honor the name and how fierce they were as they were and are as warriors as a tribe, but they work with the tribe to make sure that they are not disrespecting them in any way. There's a lot of ways you can do it. I mean, Brandon, we come from upstate New York. How many years did we spend learning about the Northeast native tribes? The, more, the moral of the story is there is a lot of them and a lot of great leaders, great groups that you could have named yourself after. You could have, you could have had the pushback and then taken that step, had the balls to take that step and move yourself further down the line to not even just not ignoring the imagery, not drowning them out of your out of the MLB history, but instead further embracing them, further honoring the culture. But no, they decide to go with the Guardians of Traffic because they've definitely done so good. I'm going to see what it's just. Yeah, I'm it's not a big. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I don't like a team that completely rebrands itself in any form, really. Uh, it just. Even to the casual fan, it, it hurts them because. Now it's one less logo that is that is recognizable to them and not that that's a big deal and that's probably a terrible example to use but i just i don't know um i don't feel the best about this one i think that's enough said yeah i'm trying to yeah i mean this just it, it bugs it bugs me a lot i i don't think i could adequately express anything more it's like what is that famous quote um, there are there are X amount of words in the English language, and me winding together all of them could not express how much I want to hit you with a chair, Alexander Hamilton to uh, Thomas Jefferson. That's basically how I feel about this logo right now. But I digress. We have some more trade action to discuss here, and more from the Tampa Bay Rays, who continue to confound and amaze me first brandon can we get your thoughts on this nelson cruz trade yeah uh it certainly makes sense why the twins would want to trade nelson cruz and uh the rays are the perfect suitor for him i mean they had gotten such bad production from the the dh spot this year and uh, nelson cruz is our guy who uh you know is just absolutely uh, been raking his entire career. He's 41 years old now, and uh, it's, it's, it's going to suck that he's in the same division as uh, our favorite team now once again, as he was on uh, the Orioles there for quite a bit and uh, was doing some damage at one point. But look, uh, the, the Rays have to pay him $4.87 million. Uh, that jumps that jumps their payroll all the way up to around 67 million so i hope that that's uh okay that uh 
hopefully if they if they make another deep playoff run they're able to keep the the, the doors open on the the team so yeah they're, they're gonna need that playoff revenue to, in order to make up for nelson cruz's contract yeah very yeah that works. i mean but no it's those those prospects that are going back to the twins certainly that's going to help the twins it's i see it as like a win-win for for both sides and uh yeah drew strotman was he was like the feature prospect i guess and he uh i've heard a lot of good stuff about him uh he was in he got put on the race 40 man to protect him from the rule five draft this off season. So that that'll tell you something, how at least the Rays viewed him coming into the year. And uh, now they've, they've let him go to go and get a nice uh, piece here in, in a, in a Nelson Cruz as they try to build a contender down the stretch. We all know that Tampa has this freaky way of, making something out of pitchers who are nothing and developing pitching talent. So the logical move would be to trade for their pitching talent. Like these aren't, these are very highly rated players. I believe it was like 10 and 13 or, or at least they're, they're both like top 15 players in the Tampa system when they were traded. However, you don't think that Tampa being willing to trade them is any indictment on their ability. Because that would be the ultimate Tampa move to finally fi- to find a way to like pluck off their two highly overrated pieces and get Nelson Cruz. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with how calculated everything that they do is, well, I mean, really every team operates pretty, pretty calculated. Now uh, you don't see a lot of crazy Sometimes overcalculated like, like you used to. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like a, a, a lot of the GMs are scared to make trades with each other because they, they don't want to get ripped off. And that that completely makes sense. Uh, it's smart GMs, you know. But the Rays here, they, they just see an edge in everything. And I don't know. It seems like if they do something and at first you're like, why they do that? The more that you – the more that you – look into it and the longer that you wait the more you can understand why they operate the way they do certainly but they make another move today sending rich hill to the new york mets and that certainly i'm not sure what he, exactly what he's making but you have to think that pretty much clears up nelson cruz's spot on the books to an extent yeah uh it should help out a little bit, but so the Rays are buying, but also selling at the same time, <laughs> you know, it's, it's weird to me because this was a team that had already lost so many pitchers to injury this season and their two biggest starters walk. So here was one of the guys that they were bringing in to replace those innings. And now he's gone. So <laughs> Uh, you know, clearly they have enough trust in those in in the underground pitching farm that it's gonna come through here the next couple of weeks. Uh, more, but, guy, more guys are gonna have to do the trial of Ray, 
swim through the Ray tank to get from the minor leagues to the major leagues out of the factory. Oh, yeah. the world. Uh, but the Mets here, I guess they're getting nice rotation depth that they, that they do need. Not sure that they like Tyler Miguel uh, out there for uh, every fifth day right now. Um, yeah, you do. I think, I think, I think the bigger issue is former Reds, former 2020 Red Sox, Robert Stock at every point, at any point being in a major league rotation. Yeah, no, that, I mean, if you played on the 2020 Red Sox, it's a safe bet that you, you probably shouldn't be on a major league roster. At least he didn't didn't even start the year with the 2020 Red Sox. Yikes. They brought him in out of desperation, but I will defend my boy Tyler Miguel. Has had a fantastic season. We were talking about him the other day. However, I have to wonder because Rich Skill, Rich Hill, or Skill, Rich Skill with them skills. Um, Rich Hill is by no means a scrub. He doesn't really, I mean, his numbers aren't the numbers of a placeholder. He's a guy that certainly deserves a long-term spot in the rotation. So I look at this in two ways. One, this is a great sign for the health of Tyler Glass now because you don't just give away a quality arm like this unless you're getting an absolute haul, which who knows if they're getting a, if they've fleeced the Mets here or not, but you don't do that unless you're either getting a crazy amount or you know what you have there to replace it. And that seems to point to me that he should be back and as good as ever in September, ready to go for a postseason run. The other thing that this very well could say is this could be an indictment on Marcus Stroman's, or not Marcus Stroman, uh, Noah Syndergaard's ability to return for this season. We were just talking about that the earliest day he'd be coming back would be sometime around September 1st. That may end up now being a little longer and they have not mentioned anything about it it may end up being where they're pessimistic about him being able to pitch it all this season. And they want to be able to shore up that fifth spot in the rotation, especially with other questionable guys like DeGrom consistently having some form of health question. Uh, Carrasco, if he's able to come back in a timely manner. So not only is this a short-term move, but he's the type of guy that you keep around in the long-term, not just, move on from him once your team's back healthy. So uh, the official detail of this trade, so so Tommy Hunter also goes from the Mets to the Rays, and he's currently on the injured list, but the Rays will be taking on his contract. So the Rays only save $99,000 uh by shipping Rich Hill out and then uh, getting Tommy Hunter in. But that could be a very important uh, 99 grand. Absolutely. I mean, that, that could be the difference between the lights staying on or not, you know? Well, uh, uh, we do have some games to get to uh, today. And I believe it is LJ uh, to start us off with quite a great Quite a great segue, and we had many great segues in the interview with Graham Wells. Be sure to go check that out. But he gave me so he gave me so many ways to go right out of that one section. I'm like, you've left me with such a wealth of weapons, and I'm not really sure 
which one's the best one to pick, definitely check it out. What did we cover? Uh, Blue Jays, Phillies. Craig Kimbrell. Craig uh, Kimbrell. A lot of good uh, topics. The Rays, those two trades that I just talked about, we he talked about too, so a lot of good topics. Absolutely. But anyway, we are going to go on and talk about now the dumbest and worst franchise in baseball with the stupidest name next year that you could ever possibly imagine. I'm not sure even how you come up with that. Here's the other thing. I know I'm just I'm jumping back into an earlier segment. Why did they have to rush the name? Yeah, right, because like the Washington football team is still going to be the Washington football team after or during this season and that's they haven't even made a decision yet right well because it's a tough choice i mean you you don't rush into it like they've done here like unless they've been well they have been planning something like this for a few years you you don't plan for this something for a few years and come up with that i i hope that whoever's involved in making that choice can gets fired no, just, you know, I want to know who it was. I mean, is that a GM thing? I feel like the GM is way too busy to deal with want, something like that. I want pitchforks and torches down the streets of Cleveland. Oh, wait, no, that might set the river on fire. Never mind. Well, I'll scratch, that, scratch that, scratch that. <laughs> well, at least we can still call them the Indians uh, for now. I, I I may have to. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Um, But no, the other thing is maybe it's just the ever-growing soccer fan in me that doesn't necessarily mind not having a definitive mascot or like not having the mascot in the name in the name if the washington football team stayed the washington football team forever i would be totally fine with it honestly i think it's a really nice clean cut name that's partially why i like the Oakland A's. I like the I like athletics. It's simple. It's clean. It's to the point. And if they became the Cleveland Baseball Club, Cleveland BC, whatever you wanted to call yourself, I, I I'd be down. I would not have minded. But no, they will always be the team, <laughs> the team formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. Um. Anyway, Indians raise the stupidest franchise manages to piss me off even more here. Randy Arozarena hits an RBI single, scores three runs in the second before Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz bomb alert, and he hits his first home run as a Ray, 4-0 Tampa. Starting in the third, Jose Ramirez hits a three-run piece to cut the deficit to one, and then with an RBI triple in the seventh, ties the game up, putting the team on his back, but they somehow managed to screw my life up and make it a, a living hell as I continue to have to have these guys at the back of the Red Sox heels forever. Um, top of the ninth, Joey Wendell hits an RBI single to break the tie. G-Man Choi then hits a home run, a three-run piece to make this an 8-4 game. This lead gets out to 10-4 on a RBI. I single by Wander Franco, the last scoring play of this game or, or of this game for Tampa. Daniel Johnson goes yard in the bottom of the ninth for Cleveland, but that is not nearly enough to 
save the epic six-run collapse that the Indians sucked through here in the ninth inning, losing 10-5. to Give the win to Whistler out of the Tampa bullpen. Two innings, two hits, one earned, four strikeouts. The loss will go to Nick Whitgren, who sucked in a third of an inning, three hits, five earned runs, one walk. He, he, needs to, he needs to go in the corner and think about what he's done. I'm bringing this segment back. Nick Whitgren, go in the corner, think about what you've done. Josh Fleming got the start for Tampa, pitched four innings, allowed six hits, three earned, two walks, and a strikeout. Zach Plezak starts this one for Cleveland, six and two-thirds, eight hits, four earned, three strikeouts. You had one job because with this next game, you're going to understand exactly why I'm so mad if you have not watched any baseball content in the last day as we go into Red Sox Yankees in the top of the second the Red Sox get in a little bit of trouble here as Brett Gardner hits an RBI double gets the Yankees on the board early Eduardo Rodriguez then has to leave the game with migraine like symptoms the game is left in the capable hands of Phillips Valdez and he ends up throwing a fantastic how long did he go a fantastic three innings, allowing only one hit and a walk with seven strikeouts. I believe that was just the second inning, right? When he came he, in, he gave, uh, Eduardo he gave Rodriguez only gave up. Uh, he only got three outs in the game. Yeah. 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 No, what I'm saying is Gardner. Gardner's double was off of Valdez, right? Yes, I believe so. So, yeah. So, his, his only uh, issues were in the sudden the sudden change into the second inning. Anyway, I digress. Xander Bogarts hits a sack fly in the bottom of the fifth before a Raphael Devers, the Prince of Piss Missile, does it again. A two-run Piss Missile, 3-1 Red Sox, and we go into the bottom of the seventh. Jaron Duran is on base. Kike Hernandez is on base. The Prince of Piss Missile is at the plate, and he goes yard again. Another three-run Piss Missile for Rafi, the kid, fresh off the school bus. 6-1 Red Sox. They win this one 6-2. Give the win to Yaxel Rios. Two innings, no hits, two walks, and a strikeout. The loss will be given to Garrett Cole. Five innings, six hits, three earned, eight strikeouts. They really got his pitch count up today. We'll talk about this after, but I think that was really the key to the game. And yeah, that's about it. Actually, I didn't realize I didn't have anything else left. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest biggest reasons the Red Sox were able to get up today as they were able to work counts. They had Garrett Cole up around 80-something pitches going into that fifth inning, which, I mean you don't see a ton of the top talent get worked as hard as they do as they did early in this game. Yeah. And it's not like he was like really walking guys either. It was just, it was just long at bats and uh, look props to the Red Sox tonight. Uh, This is the result that you kind of respected, expected 
especially when you when you keep a you know having to play five triple a players a game mm -hmm. it's you know it's expected that you're going to drop games only score two runs uh well i mean it's expected that any team will do that throughout a season right and you put this even, on the other guy quadruple a guys yeah i mean even more so when you have these these uh, minor league players coming in as for the game last night because i was there and i figure why not talk about it a little bit um yeah look it's my it was it was my second time being at, at fenway to see a game the happiest place on earth no, not not for me last night. Uh, that was pretty brutal. Had on my Garrett Cole shirt, and uh, how well I wish that it was this game that I saw probably because it was Cole pitching, and I would just love to see that again. Uh, just oh, last night was brutal. Brooks Krisky comes in, of course, throws four or five wild pitches that the Red Sox only needed to make contact with the ball one time to walk it off. And that was not a sacrifice fly. I mean, literally the other runs scored because of just wild pitches. And look, I mean, I think Tim, Tim Kirchin summed it up best today on sports radio by saying that I don't think that Yankee fans can go through much more this year. I, he, I, I just don't think they can. And look, I, I completely agree with that. I'm this trying to be a fan of this team has me, me mentally exhausted. It's about it. Not really sure where to go past that. Other than I don't think I really talked about this last night, but then again, I'm not sure either way is a, the right way. And this also is partially because of the level of player that you have up there that this is an issue having all of these guys out. However, it's an interesting thing to note. I gave Alex Cora a lot of criticism for the lack of use of the bullpen and particularly the late inning guys coming out of the all-star break. By that, I mean not using Matt Barnes until the day before the Yankees series. However, that ended up actually looking very, very good. I mean, he had these starters go as much as possible in these first couple series after the break. And the difference, I think a lot of partial difference between the two teams was the fact that the Yankees bullpen was not nearly as fresh coming into this game as the Red Sox were. And, you know, I'm not saying that either way is the correct way. I just have to admit that, I was wrong for getting frustrated and doubting him that that was probably the better move to delay draining the bullpen until we get really into August. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar 
or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Yeah, no, um, certainly the Yankees came into this series, uh, you know, not not in on the the greatest terms. Sure, we beat the Phillies two two days in a row, and we were we had a four game win streak heading into last night until we lose in heartbreaking fashion. But like, still half the team has COVID. I mean, when you look at our our injured list, I mean, you could almost put together a full team here. I mean, Higashioka catcher, Luke Voigt at first. Uh, you could slide Urshela to second. I mean, you have Andujar on there, Clint Frazier. I mean, of course, uh, Gio Urshela is, is, is going to be playing third when he comes back, but just for the hypothetical. Well, for the it, hypothetical, could Andujar play second? Because, like, I would much rather have Gio – at the hot corner than any half the half the third baseman in the league. Sure, we can. Uh, that's that's fine. Uh, but I mean, even those two, like right, and and Duhar, Shallow, Voit, Judge, LaCastro, who's now yes. out for the year, and then you look at the pitchers, and it's Severino, Kluber, Michael King, Darren O'Day, Wandy Peralta, Nestor Cortez was out, Jonathan Loisaga was out. I mean, just so many guys that have been out Zach Britton has been out I believe he just got uh some or not not him today but there's just been a lot of transactions with a lot of different guys I mean we had big Sal Romano come in big Sally as the broadcast wanted to refer to him uh yeah that was certainly a, a surprise when I couldn't figure out who was who was warming up in the Yankees bullpen I was like who the hell on the Yankees wears number 68? I was like, the only person I can think of is, is a Dylan Batantis, but like he hasn't been on the team in years. And turns out big Sally had to come in and get two very big outs for us. And he did ended up getting the hold uh, last night, but yeah, uh, Brooks Kresge, I just hope he, uh, I do not think he will ever see a major league field again. So, yeah. I'm not sure how you bounce back from that mentally. I mean, no. that was one of the worst destructions on a mound I I've seen. And then to be sent down that night to not even make it into really into the morning. If I, I believe before being demoted to triple a, like imagine trying to go back on the mound after that. Well, uh, our guy, Yerman, he came back and hit a home run in his first at bat. So, uh, in the minors. So, gotta love it. Yeah, I'm getting whiplash here, Brandon. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> yeah, on this this crazy roller coaster here. All right, I have Pirates and Giants. This one gets started top two. Gregory Polanco rips an RBI triple. And it's one to nothing Pirates. Brian Reynolds then with a two-run homer in the third to make it 3-0 Pittsburgh. In the bottom of that inning, Steven Duger 
hits uh, his seventh homer of the year, and it's three to one. The Giants get on the board. Alex Dickerson then ties it with a two-run homer in the bottom of the sixth, three to three. Top seven, Adam Frazier with a bases-loaded walk gives the Pirates a 4-3 lead. Ben Gamble then is able to reach on a fielding error that scores two runs. Pirates take a 6-3 lead, and they go on to win 6-4. The win to Chris Stratton, the loss, will go to Dominic Leone. And uh, Johnny Cueto with the start, five innings, three earned runs. He also stole a base in this one. Uh, you absolutely love to see it. Pitchers who run. Uh, there we go. Johnny Cueto didn't think I'd be saying that he had a stolen base. But, uh, yeah, Pirates take this one 6-4. Richard Rodriguez, 14th save on the season. Okay. Well, the next up will be the A's and the Mariners. Oakland and Seattle. A battle out west. Can't find this game. Here it is. <laughs> Cal Rally and Luis Torrens both go yard in the bottom of the second. It's a 3-0 Seattle lead. A Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, the Mats strike back in the third and fourth. They both go yard and it is a 3-2 game now before Mark Canna's RBI double in the top of the fifth can tie the game. Luckily, with the bases loaded in the bottom of the seventh, Shed Long Jr. is able to draw a walk, bring it all the way around, and the Mariners win this one 4-3. to three. Give the win to Seawald out of the bullpen. Yusei Kikuchi starts this one. Six innings, six hits, three earned runs, and 12 strikeouts. The loss will go to Diekman out of the Oakland bullpen, Frankie Montas starts this one, six innings, four hits, three earned, 10 strikeouts. The save will be given to Kendall Graveman, his 10th of the year. All right, Cubs and the Diamondbacks. Uh, the Cubs jump all over Arizona in the first few innings. Javi Baez with a three-run homer in the first. Then there's a wild pitch in the third before Nico Horner uh, comes through with a two-run single, and it's six to nothing. Cubs. Robinson Chirinos will would go yard twice for Chicago later on in the game, and the Cubs win eight to three. The win to Zach Davies five and a third, two earned runs, eight Ks. Zach Gowan takes the loss, four innings, seven earned runs. Keegan Thompson gets his first save on the year, the nine-out save. And Arizona, the first team in the MLB to 69 losses. Nice. All right. Next up, we got the Nationals and the Orioles. Washington and Baltimore played here over at Camden Yards. And Josh Bell starts scoring off in the top of the fourth with his 15th home run of the year a solo piece, one nothing Washington. From there, it is a flurry of Orioles offense as they score six, six unanswered runs throughout this game, including two homers from Pat Baleka, his third and fourth of the year. The Orioles win this one six to one. Give the win 
to Paul Fry out of the bullpen. Jorge Lopez gets the start. Four and two-thirds, four hits, one earned, three strikeouts. A loss will be given to Patrick Corbin. Surprise, surprise. Five and a third, five hits, five runs with only four earned and four strikeouts. All right, Phillies and Braves. In the first, JT Real Muto goes yard, and it's one nothing Philadelphia. Freddie Freeman ties it up in the top of the third with an RBI single. In the bottom of the fourth, Gene Segura rips an RBI double that scores two runs, and it's three to one Philly leads. Uh, in the fifth, Bryce Harper would steal home. Uh, they do the classic for first and third. Runner breaks for second. They throw down. Runner from third breaks home and is able to score. And who not but Bryce Harper, who uh, I think both LJ and I can confirm, plays uh, 140% uh, every day effort. If it is, is, is that fair? Um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find the best way to put this. Rookie Bryce, yes. Bryce Harper, the first four years of his career, 100%, 150%. It's either 80% or it's 140% with a serious, serious glow down in many, many attributes. Well, regardless, the Phillies win 5-1. Zach Wheeler dealing once again, seven innings, one earned run, eight Ks. Max Freed was fried, takes the loss, five innings, four earned runs, six strikeouts, and uh, no save here. But the Phillies now back to 500 baseball, and they're going all in at the deadline, baby. We love to see it. We love to see a few GMs just absolutely lose their mind. Check out what, what Graham Wallace had to say about the Phillies uh, on that extra content that we did, but uh, we actually check that did. out tomorrow afternoon on TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. I put together a a, a, a fair graphic. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, please check that out at MLB Daily Pod on TikTok. We passed six hundred likes today, didn't we? I believe so. Um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. I certainly. I mean, Brandon. Who else did you expect to go a little crazy? Maybe go in on trade deadlines? You don't bring Dave Dombrowski into a front office and not expect to have the wild man make his wild moves. You can't you can't take the wolf out of the forest. He needs to hunt. Absolutely. Next up we've got the twins and the angels. Jose Iglesias gets an RBI single before we get home runs by Kurt Suzuki and Jack Mayfield as the Angels pull out to a 4-0 lead. Very similar to the last game I called. We then get a flurry of offense from Minnesota that will never be answered by the Angels. This this one will end up seeing the game down one in Minnesota's, against Minnesota in the bottom of the sixth. We go to the bottom of the eighth. Ryan Jeffers, RBI single, scores two runs. Minnesota takes this one five to four. Give the win to Minea out of the Minnesota bullpen. 
Hap Foot and Mouth got the start. Six innings, seven hits, four earned, four strikeouts. The loss will be given to Rafael Iglesias, his fourth blown save of the season. Alex Cobb starts this one. Five innings, seven hits, two runs, but only one earned, and four strikeouts. Brandon, were we too, a little premature on this guy? He's at a 3.82 ERA. No. Uh, I don't think so. It's until I see the Angels, you know, putting up consistently good stats from the starting pitcher spot. I don't think we were too early on them because they're still 24th in starter ERA. Alex Cobb, sure, having that 3A2 ERA helps it a lot, but they, I mean, they have Otani and Alex Cobb, so you would think that that would be enough, but just every other starter has been awful. Andrew Haney, yeah, he strikes out a lot of guys. He doesn't walk very many guys, but he gets hammered, like hammered. Well, Jose Suarez, Jose Suarez, holy Jose Suarez, 41 innings, 285 ERA. That's a smaller sample size than the majority of the league, but I wouldn't, when I saw that ERA at first, I would not have expected him to have even that large a group. But yeah, I mean, at least they, at least they've found some guys. I mean, Alex Cobb, new to the team this year. Patrick Sandoval was not nearly an impact player. I don't think he was, I don't believe he was in the starting lineup. No, he's, no, odds are, I don't think he was a starter to start the year. Jose Suarez has obviously come from somewhere within the organization. So there's just been, there have been some good ads this year. It, well, uh, Patrick Sandoval, he just replaced uh, Dylan Bundy in the rotation because he's been so bad. Yeah, uh, again, again, I'm not, I'm not doubting that they haven't been bad, but they're, they're, they're trying. <laughs> no, they are, they are trying. That's not, that's not good when you've got Jose, when you, your big ads are Ho, guys like Jose Gantana and Dylan Bundy, and they've both been pulled out of your starting rotation. And that's not a good sign, but it's not a terrible sign either. Um, with that being said, this Angels team, 11 games out of the Astros, eight games out, could be getting Trout back, have a rotation that might know what they're doing with the exceptional one guy. Could they make a little bit of noise? No. I'm very down on the angels right now they're in, fourth, if, they're in fourth place in a division that i mean mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing chumba casino this year i was only playing for fun so winning this was a dream come true chumba casino is america's number one social casino experience it's serious fun with over 80 casino style games to choose from you too could win life-changing amounts of cash be like mary log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details the voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner i just uh, i don't see it look i don't know i i just feel is. like if the mariner unless the mariners actually buy at this deadline which i mean their names have already been linked to guys like whit merrifield uh trevor story or somebody else adam uh, frazier adam frazier thank you so there are plenty of 
guys they're looking at to buy and potentially try to push into this wild card. But if they don't get there, they could easily fall out of this race entirely if they'd end up doing nothing. So I wouldn't be shocked if they flipped over them. And once you flip over the Mariners, I mean, it's just competing for that last spot. I'm not saying they're going to make it, but they could at least make it interesting. Yeah, no, I think that they could make it interesting. I mean, when you bring back Mike Trout, uh, it always makes it interesting. So we'll certainly have to see. But on to the Padres and the Marlins. Uh, in the first, Tommy Pham with his 11th homer of the year, and it's one nothing San Diego. Manny Machado then grounds out, uh, and that scores a run to make it 2-0. Trank Grisham comes through with an RBI single in the second, and uh, the Padres go up by three before Adam Duvall rips his 22nd homer of the year. Jesus Aguilar rips a double, and it's three to two. We jump all the way to the eighth. Score remains the same. Will Myers reaches on a fielder's choice. Uh, we have an error then as they throw the ball home. By, uh, by Sandy Leone, uh, unable to catch the ball, allows two runs to score. The Padres go up 5-2, to two, and that's your final. The win to Joe Musgrove, six innings, two earned runs, four strikeouts. The loss will go to Zach Thompson, five innings, three earned runs, and three strikeouts. Next up, we have the Royals and the Tigers as the Detroit Tigers, the fifth best team in the league since the second week of May, try to continue their push back towards 500. This starts with a solo home run in the top of the third by Willie Castro. After that, we get a lot of scoring by the Royals here. Whit Merrifield's RBI, Ryan O'Hearn goes yard, Carlos Santana goes yard, and it's a 5-1 Kansas City ball game after the bottom of the fifth inning in the top of the seventh Detroit does get things going Willie Castro scores on a wild pitch to make this a 5-2 game and then a Jonathan Scope single makes this 5-3 but the comeback will not be completed as the Royals take down the Tigers for their 40th win 5-3 give the win to Chris Bubich six innings six hits one earned four strikeouts the loss will go to Willie Peralta, five and two-thirds, five hits, five earned runs, three strikeouts. The save goes to Greg Holland, his seventh. All right, the Reds and the Cardinals. Paul Goldschmidt homers in the top of the first, but it's outdone in the bottom of that inning by Joey Votto with a two-RBI double, and the Reds take a two-to-one lead. Harrison Bader ties it back up in the top of the second with a solo home run of his own, but then Kyle Farmer uh, homers for the Reds, and it's three to two Cincinnati. In the sixth, St. Louis takes the lead. Andrew Kisner with a ground rule double that scores two runs. Dylan Carlson with a sacrifice fly, and it would be a 5-3 Cardinals lead. Bottom seven, Eugenio Suarez rips a double that pulls the Reds within one. There's then a wild pitch that allows uh, the Reds to tie it. And in the eighth, Tyler Stevenson with a sacrifice fly 
the Reds take a 6-5 lead and they close it out to hold on and win. Give the win to Brad Brock. Tyler Molly, five innings, two earned runs, five Ks. The loss will go to Giovanni Gallegos and Heath Hembry with his seventh save on the season. Our final AL matchup of the day, Astros-Rangers. And the Astros start out hot here, scoring seven runs between the third and fourth innings. This included Kyle Tucker's 18th home run of the year out to right center field. And, of course, it's 7-0 Houston in the top of the fifth. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa drives in a run, and Nate Lau hits a triple to make this a 7-3 ball game, but that's as close as the Rangers would be able to get. The Astros win this one 7-3. Give the win to Belak out of the Houston bullpen, two and one-third of an inning, allowing one hit. No earned runs and one strikeout. Jake Odorizzi gets the start. Four and two-thirds, four hits, three earned runs, six strikeouts. The loss will be given to Colby Allard. Four innings, seven hits, seven earned runs, and five strikeouts. All right. Uh, I have the Blue Jays and Mets here. And in the first Polar Bear Pete, Pete Alonzo rips a two-run home run to make it 2 nothing Mets. Uh, that score would remain all the way th- until the bottom of the eighth when he rips another homer, his 20th and 21st on the year, and the Mets win 3 to nothing. all three RBIs from the home run derby champions himself, who, LJ, it seems like, Every year that he does the home run derby, so he did it in 2019 as a rookie, has a huge second half. This year, he's struggling a little bit, does the home run derby, and now he's just starts killing it. I mean, just has to get in the mood. It, I would certainly say that it helped Juan Soto. I mean, it got him kind of back in the groove. It's got Pete Alonso back in the groove. We need more studs to do it. Look. The fact that the home run derby screws up your swing is the second biggest myth right behind market size in the MLB. <laughs> and people need to understand that because the more stars we get in this game, not only the more fun it'll be, not only could we expand it, but I mean, you're seeing actual positive effects from this. I think you could definitely find just as many negative effects or probably more positive effects than negative effects from doing the Derby. Well, the win here goes to Tyler, Tyler Miguel, who I was talking a bit of crap about earlier, but he comes through with a very nice start, six innings, two hits, no earned runs. The Mets will certainly take that. Uh, I guess my point about Rich Hill was that uh, it can't hurt to have another lefty in there to soak up these innings because Tyler Miguel is only, one body that is uh frankly a replacement in that right now so uh but yeah a rookie replacement who probably won't be a replacement all that long um but what do you call it oh i also wanted to mention yeah matt olson went yard today too love it so just keep that in mind what i'm saying like like 
let's not turn the home run derby into the slam dunk contest where we yeah just, the, like, the slam dunk contest makes less sense because there is like all right there is no conceivable way that a couple hours of swinging very frequently and very hard could screw up your swing for your entire second half especially when you do that pretty much every day during batting practice it's it's entirely mental that's what any decent home run hitter that's what Kyle Short or flat out said he felt he felt absolutely nothing other than sore for a week so stop belly aching about that but the dunk contest makes no sense it makes no sense why guys like LeBron James aren't in every year they're already at the all-star game. They're already there for that entire weekend. And it's not that much of a crazy thing for them to do. Even if they don't try to like practice insane, spectacular stuff, even just doing rudimentary things would be, or I mean, it wouldn't be rudimentary for most people, but for them, like not putting a ton of work into it would still be a perfectly fine way to do it. There's no, there's no way it hurts you to do the dunk contest. Guys are just babies. Well, the loss goes to Steven Matz, five and two-thirds, two earned runs. And Edwin Diaz picks up his 20th save on the season. The second-to-last game is the White Sox and the Brewers. And one note on this series that I saw earlier, this is the first series in MLB history the first three game series in MLB history to feature five all-star starting pitchers from the current season uh of course the three from the 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 Brewers two from Chicago and two of them going at it tonight in Freddie Peralta and Lucas Giolito in this one the Brewers uh get on the board in the fourth inning that's the first scoring action here Rowdy Telez with a RBI single to make it one nothing Milwaukee. In the seventh, Abisayel Garcia grounds out to make it 2-0. Rowdy Telez with a bases loaded walk, 3-0. And then Tyrone Taylor with a grand slam, busts it wide open, 7-0 Milwaukee. And Andrew Vaughn home late will prevent the shutout, but the Brewers win 7-1. The win to Adrian Hauser out of the bullpen. Freddie Peralta, four innings, one hit, no earned runs, five Ks. Lucas Giolito takes the loss, six innings, uh, one earned run, five walks, uh, three Ks, and he falls to eight and seven. And a very nice win here for Milwaukee as, uh, yeah, they have a pretty similar record to the White Sox now. and this could be a big series for them to really solidify that they are one of the best teams in the league here. And last up, we have the Rockies and the Dodgers. L.A. just really looking to get a win, especially after that San Francisco series and their late bullpen troubles. Let's see what happens here. Uh the Dodgers score three in the first. They get doubles from Will Smith and Cody Bellinger. And then the RBI man, Matt Beatty himself, with a single. It's 3-0. Colorado gets a homer from Elias Diaz to make it 3-1. to one. 
Justin Turner responds with a homer of his own to make it 4-1. In the sixth, Trevor Story, uh, with possibly one of his last homers ever um, in Dodger Stadium, uh, makes it 4-2. Ryan McMahon singles to make it 4-3. Before uh, A.J. Pollock extends the Dodgers' lead to 5-3, they just need nine outs to go with a two-run lead. In the eighth, Charlie Blackman doubles, Ryan McMahon singles, and we are tied once again at five. Sam Hilliard then in the top of the ninth in a tied game goes yard, and the Rockies go up six to five. Bottom nine, the Dodgers are able to work a rally, and they get a bases-loaded walk from Justin Turner to tie the game but are unable to get the winning run home, so we go to extras. Trevor Story in the top of the 10th singles to make it 7-6. And then Charlie Blackman homers. It's 9-6 Rockies. The Dodgers unable to do anything in extra innings in the bottom of the 10th. And they drop this one 9-6 to Colorado. The Dodgers have now lost three in a row. And the Rockies uh, pick up a nice win here as they've won two in a row. The win goes to Daniel Bard, the loss to Jimmy Scherfe. Uh, David Price got the start for the Dodgers, five and two-thirds, three earned runs. Chichi Gonzalez, five innings, four earned for the Rockies. And Logan Gilbreth gets his first save on the year. But I think that's going to do it for this show. Thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to check us out on TikTok. Be sure to check out our extra content we did with Belly Up Sports' Graham Wallace, the Toronto Blue Jays beat writer. And, uh, yeah, follow us TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, at MLB Daily Pod. Play our trivia game on our Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.